Hello, everyone, and again, thank you for joining us online this morning. Thank you to Chris Koenig and Tara Boyce and the worship team, and thank you to Marv Gingrich uh, for leading us in today's scripture passage. If you haven't turned there, I invite you again to turn to Joshua chapter 1. In about a month from now, the Sunday after Labor Day, we will be beginning a new ministry year. There'll be a number of series that we'll be walking through in the year ahead. So excited as we continue to follow Jesus and invite others to follow him and experience real life with him. And, uh, but until then, we've been looking at some standalone messages uh, through this summer. And today, as I was considering uh, uh, what to speak on on this uh, Sunday, uh, this was a while ago, I really sense the Lord would have us talk about discouragement. So that's what we're talking about today, discouragement. Canceled? Closed? Online? Is anyone else tired of hearing those words? Canceled? Closed? Online? For the last year and a half, we have been in this pandemic, COVID-19, and it is okay for us. We've been given permission to be sad, to be disappointed. Disappointment means that something that we wanted to happen or anticipated would happen didn't happen. And so we're down. And we have permission to mourn, to be sad, to grieve. But the problem is, is that if we uh, allow it, that disappointment will turn into or morph into discouragement. And that's a big problem. The word discouragement comes from the root word courage, which means to press ahead, to move forward. When you are discouraged, you've lost that motivation to press forward. You've lost the courage to continue. To be discouraged means a loss of courage, a loss of strength, a loss of resolve, a loss of determination, a loss of resiliency, that bouncing back. It's a loss of confidence. It's a loss of security. It's a loss of hope. It's a loss of joy. When we're discouraged, it paralyzes us, and we tend to sit and feel miserable and to feel sorry for ourselves, and we let apathy grow. We're so discouraged that we just kind of want to give up on life, give up on God and following him. And often you'll find when you're discouraged, it's cousins will join, the cousin of negativity, the cousin of hopelessness, or, or ang the cousin of who's angry or fearful or insecure. You'll find yourself in a bad place. Now, when we look at Scripture, God commands his people to take courage to be strong. And today, we're going to be looking at Joshua and his story. Joshua needed encouragement. Three times, God spoke to him and said, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And the implication there is, is that Joshua was very discouraged. You don't tell someone three times to be strong and courageous if they already are. But Joshua was very discouraged. And today, as we look at his life, we're going to learn to fight discouragement in our lives. If we want God's best for us to live life the way we were called to live, we've got to learn to fight discouragement. And if you're at home and wherever you're watching uh, online and you're thinking, you know, once this pandemic's over, then I won't be discouraged anymore. 
But the reality is you need to learn to fight it now before it's over, because once it's over, Lord willing, uh, we'll find ourselves with something else that will discourage us. And maybe right now, outside of the pandemic, you're so discouraged because of a relationship or because of your health or because of a setback at work. You need to fight discouragement. So what we're going to do today is look at why we need to fight discouragement and then how we can do that. So Joshua chapter 1, I'll be reading uh, the first 10 verses this morning as we look at the life of Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where, you're set, where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong. Here's the first command. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I, will, I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua and the Israelites are on the east side of the Jordan River. They've been camping there. For 40 years, they've been wandering in the desert ever since their exodus from Egypt, where their, their leader, Moses, the great leader, had led them out of slavery. They'd been slaves for 400 years in, in Egypt, and now they had come out and they were in the desert. And here was this body of water, and across was the promised land. And Joshua was discouraged. Why was he discouraged? Well, Moses, uh, who uh, was the leader, uh, was a mentor to Joshua. Joshua had been faithful uh, to him. And now God has appointed Joshua to be the leader. And Joshua uh, obviously is hesitant, trying to follow in the steps of, of this great man. Uh, and then he's probably thinking about why God didn't you have Moses lead us across the Jordan River into the promised land? Why me? Why couldn't he have lived just a bit longer? He's discouraged too because he's looking at a wall of water and then if they were to cross that wall of water, he's looking at an unknown territory and these people who were known to practice human sacrifice. Very degenerate people, people that were, were far from God and they, they were sacrificing even their own children and they were brutal. So he's, he's got that hesitancy and that fear. And then on top of that, he's leading these people who have been in the desert for 40 years. Now many of them had died off and it was a newer generation, but still there was that grumbling and that complaining. I don't know about you, uh, but for the last year and a half, I confess, I have grumbled and complained. But if you were in a desert for 40 years, uh, you would often grumble and complain. And so here is Joshua, very discouraged. The road ahead is not going to be easy. And he's carrying a heavy burden as the leader of the people. So why should Joshua be strong and courageous? Well, if you look at verse 3, God says to, to Joshua, as I promised Moses. This land I've promised to Moses. Actually, that promise goes back uh, 
some 700 years before the time of Joshua, before Moses to Abraham, where God called Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a land and, and descendants, and, and you're going to be a spiritual blessing. That, that this promise is going to be part of my plan. And Joshua, I need you. I'm calling you to fulfill it. Now, the question about the land and, and the Israelites, that's another conversation. God does not have divine status, or he does not confer on any nation divine status for forever and ever. But in God's plan, they were to come and to take this land. So why could Joshua be courageous? Why could he be strong? Because of God's promises. Secondly, if you look at verse 5, because of God's presence. Joshua, God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God speaks that encouragement into the life of Joshua. I'm not sure which bank of the river you're on and what you need to do, what you need to cross, but you too can be strong and courageous. And maybe God today is speaking to you in your place of discouragement, where you've kind of given up and you're not really wanting to follow God anymore because just things haven't turned out. God's speaking to you. Be strong and courageous. Why? You can be strong and courageous because God is with you. You need to take hold of that reality. Jesus said to his disciples, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And he makes that promise to you and me as his followers. I am with you always, not on some days, not on the good days, but on all days. I'm with you. And in fact, the writer of Hebrews quotes this very passage in Joshua 1, where he reminds these followers of Jesus, hey, God has promised he will never leave you nor forsake you you. That means when you wake up each day, whatever the day, however the day unfolds, whether you're going for a job interview, whether you're having a difficult conversation with someone, whether things just at home are so chaotic, God is with you. Take hold of that reality. Secondly, you can be strong and courageous because God is faithful to his promises to you. God is working out his eternal plan, and you have the privilege of being a part of his plan, and he's made promises to you in his plan, and he will bring them to pass. That's why Paul, when he was persecuted, when he was beaten, when he uh, was rejected, when he was imprisoned, he continued, as he says in Philippians 3, I'm going to continue to press forward to the prize. What's the prize? To Jesus. He's my prize. I'm going to press forward, because Paul knew having seen the resurrected Jesus, that all the promises to God, to him, would be fulfilled. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 1, he says that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus. That when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled God's promises to us, that his promises are sure, they're secure, and they're true. And today, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the promise of salvation. And as with most promises in Scripture, there's an already, but not yet. We're already saved, but not quite fully yet in the sense that it hasn't all come to pass. We don't have our resurrection bodies. We're not with the Lord yet. There's an already, not yet. But it's already done. They're already, yes, in Jesus. So when you feel maybe that God is not around or you feel that, that God's plan for you isn't working out, that, that somehow he's lost track of you, that's not true. He's with you and he will fulfill his promises 
to you. So that's why you can be strong and courageous. Now, how can you be strong and courageous? Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. This is a second command to Joshua. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? And here's the third call. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua, I'm working out my plan. I'm with you. I will bring all to pass what I've said to pass. Your responsibility is to keep the law. I've revealed to you what you are to do, my will. Now you don't turn from the right or to the left. You keep doing what I've called you to do. And you will be successful, prosperous and successful. God is telling Joshua, as you are steeped in my word, as you speak it, notice that he says it's always on your lips. As you speak it, as you think it, you meditate on it day and night, you're reflecting on it, in a sense you're muttering it, and then you do it, you obey it, you'll be able to do things my way. As you live according to my ways, you're following my word, you'll be successful in my purposes for you. Now, is God teaching here, uh, Joshua, and to us, the prosperity gospel, that if we follow God, that he's going to make us healthy and wealthy? Not at all, because we see in Scripture people that followed God experience pain and suffering in a fallen world. The word successful here, as it's used in Scripture, primarily um, in, the, in the first part of, of Scripture, the word has this idea of being wise, prudent, having insight. And so what God is telling Joshua, as you follow my word, you don't turn from the right to the left, as you obey it, your ability to handle life will increase. You'll be better able to handle setbacks and challenges and disappointments. My way won't always be easier, but it will always be better. When we look at Scripture, we find, and I do want to pause just for a moment here, we find promises of God. And uh, you need to note that in the Old Testament, prior to the coming of Christ, a lot of the promises were physical promises. And then there were spiritual promises as well. Uh, for example, in the promise to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, there's the promise of land, which is physical. There's the promise of descendants, which is physical. And then there's the spiritual blessing. That's a spiritual promise. That's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the promises we find tend to be more spiritual in nature. So as we read Proverbs and things like this about money, there's principles there, but those aren't physical promises that God is saying, if you do this, I'm going to do this. There's principles, and this is the way it often works. But I want to note this as well. The spiritual promises are far greater than any physical promises. So God says to Joshua, you keep the book of the law, and you'll be successful. You'll be prosperous. You'll be better able to handle life. You'll be wiser. You'll be more prudent. You'll have more insight. That you'll be able to live for my glory and your good and the good of others. So what's Joshua's response as he's on the east side of the Jordan River? Does he give in to discouragement? Does he give in to fear and insecurity? 
What does he do? Verses, verses 10 and 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Joshua pressed forward. Joshua kept God's command, his word. And if you read the book of Joshua, you can read the rest of the story. God using Joshua in his eternal plan. I want to ask you, what's your response to God and his plan for you? Are you being strong and courageous? Are you being, in a sense, resilient where there's a setback and a disappointment Canceled, closed, online, and yet you can bounce back, you can recover, and continue to follow God and obey him, as opposed to uh, being apathetic. Parents, I want to encourage you. It is so important for you to build resiliency in your children, where they're going to go through life, and they're going to fall down, and you need to help them, uh, by God's grace, to get back up, to bounce back up. In their book, Resilience, the Science of Mastering Life's Greatest Challenges, uh, the authors who studied resilience and this idea of, of continuing to press forward, to rebound, uh, the, authors, the authors looking at, at decades of research identified in their book 10 common traits of people that were resilient. And I'd like to look at six of those uh, traits that are in what they call the resilience prescription. And parents, this is what you want to do with your children and help them. Here's what they found first. They practice spirituality. People that are resilient practice spirituality. Now, we would say, in our terms, they turn to God and they trust God. One study in particular said this is the number one thing. When you look at people that have encouraged setbacks, whether it's uh, through accidents and through um, diagnosis and, and just different setbacks. The number one thing is their religious practice. We would say they're trusting and turning to God. So parents, when your child is down, they can turn to you. They can turn to maybe someone else, but you want them ultimately to turn to God. Second thing about resilient people, they get social support. And this is so true. God calls us in his word. He wants to speak encouragement into us, but he's also called us as his followers to speak encouragement into the lives of other people. I want to ask you, do you have someone speaking the truth into you? Are you speaking the truth into other people? And yes, when someone goes through a difficult time, uh, we don't want to be trite, and sometimes there's a time not to say anything, but ultimately, we want that person to gently point that person to the hope they have in God, to all of his promises, to his presence. Number three, resilient people have resilient role models. People that they can look at and say, man, they've made it through, maybe I can make it through. And even in the church, there are people who have been through so much that can be a role model for you. And parents, just a note too, your children are going out into a culture where there's a lot of discouragement and there's a virus of discouragement, which is, they can catch, it's contagious. And you've got to be able to say to your children, hey, just look at so-and-so. And look at, they were able to press on, to move forward. They didn't quit. They kept following God. And I want to remind you parents, you need to be a resilient role model for your children. 
Number four, they maintain physical fitness. When we're stronger physically, it lends itself to being stronger mentally and emotionally. Uh, when you um, stress your body physically, in a sense, even just going for a walk, it helps your body to adapt to stress. Uh, when we're not physically active, when we're out of shape, when we get tired and there's fatigue, we tend to be more vulnerable to discouragement. So I wanna encourage all of people at Woodside, and if you're a guest watching us today, get outside, go for a walk. See if you can't just make a routine of that, being physically active, or maybe you're gonna swim or run or, or bike or something else. Number five, they are lifelong learners. When, when something happens, they don't have what's referred to as a fixed mindset where it's like, you know, there's nothing I can do and, um, I, I, you know, I can't change. They're not, they don't have a fixed mindset. They have what's called a growth mindset where they see uh, whatever's happened to them, the setback, the challenge, as an opportunity to grow, to change. And friends, as followers of Jesus, everything uh, that we don't like, every disappointment, it's an opportunity to trust God and God, okay, Make me more like Jesus. Help me in this. And then number six, they, are, they have meaning in their life. Resilient people, just like anybody else, get frustrated with events and circumstances and with other people. But resilient people have this sense, this calling, this mission that gives meaning to their lives so that when those times come that they, uh, they experience something, they feel a greater purpose behind what they're going through, and so they're able to push themselves through it. Friends, can I remind you, you have the greatest purpose in life, and that's to bring God, glory to God, to follow Jesus, and Jesus wants you to get back up, to bounce up, and to press forward because of his purposes for you. I want to ask you today, are you learning to fight discouragement? God is calling you to be strong and courageous. And if you find yourself very discouraged and you're not recovering, you're not resilient, that can be a warning sign that you're, you've lost your primary focus on God and you've got it on yourself. You need today to take hold of the promise that God is with you, his presence, whether you feel he is or not. Oftentimes, discouragement, well, discouragement is inherently self-focused, and oftentimes when we're discouraged, we're looking at ourselves. we're not equal to the task, we're looking at our own resources, and we're overwhelmed, and we're fearful, and we're insecure, and we're like, I can't make it, look at me. And what you need to do is to get your eyes off of your inadequacies and your failures and your weaknesses, and by faith, turn your eyes to God, the God who is with you, the God who is sovereign in control, the God who is working out his eternal plan that no one can thwart, the God of all power. And sometimes when you're discouraged and you get alone with God and you bring it to God, sometimes you'll get up and you're like, I just have a sense he's with me and you move forward. But then there's other times you get alone with God and you still feel like he's a million miles away. What do you do then? By faith, you still press forward. You get up and say, okay, God, I don't feel it, but I'm holding on to your promise that you are with me. So hold on to the presence of God, and then secondly, are you holding on to the promises of God? where you go to Scripture and you look at what God says to you and about you and about your future, and you believe it, you trust him. You really, when we go to scripture, we're always reframing our circumstances, right? Things happen and we feel this way, we look, this, look at it this way, but then we go to scripture and we reframe that around God and his promises that we get 
perspective. And that's why we need to be in God's word again and again so that we continue to learn to get perspective. Today, God is speaking to you. Be strong and courageous. Fight discouragement. And so today, rather than giving in to discouragement, rather than being fearful and negative and hopeless and disheartened and kind of giving up on God and not wanting to move forward, today you can move forward. You can be strong and courageous. Today God is saying to you what he said to Joshua. You're not alone. I'm with you every step of the way. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I am with you. When you go through the water, when you come into the land, I am with you. And the people on the other side of the water don't have the last word. I do. I'm working out my plan. And God says to you, while I'm doing that, you follow my word. You keep moving forward by faith. May Woodside be filled with people strong and courageous in the Lord. At this time, we're going to look at another Joshua. In Greek, his name is Jesus. He's a greater Joshua. And he too was in a place in the garden where he was overwhelmed and he wasn't sure he could press on. But he, by faith, said yes to the Father's will. And he went to a cross for you and for me and died on a cross so that all of the promises God has made to us could be yes. And today we hold those promises. They're sure, they're true, and we will see one day that they've all come to pass. So I'm going to invite you now at home um, to get, uh, if you'd like to get uh, the bread and the cup. And we are going to remember Jesus' body given for us as we eat the bread, and then we're going to remember uh, the blood of Jesus that was shed for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins, a relationship with God, and life eternal. Today, as we take communion, may we do so celebrating that our God is faithful to his promises. What he said will come to pass, will come to pass. May we take hold of that again today. We invite you to join with me as we pray at this time. Heavenly Father, you know that the truth is we all get discouraged at times. But Lord, help us to fight our discouragement. I'm praying right now, Father, for those that are down, that don't think they can get up, they don't think they can continue to do the right thing, your will. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would give them the faith to be strong and courageous. Would you be working in their hearts, even now, Lord, that they would take hold of your promises, that they would take hold of your presence, and by faith that they would move forward. And then now, Lord, we give you thanks for the bread and for this cup. We give you thanks for what the Lord Jesus has done for us so that we can celebrate that all your promises to us are yes in him. And it's in his name we pray this. Amen.